This is the Workin' With series, presented by your host, Hayley Sudbury. Listen in each month to find out who we're working with. Hayley sits down with some of the world's most exciting leaders and entrepreneurs to chat about the companies they love, their definition of success, and the real secret behind it all, their superpower. So I'm here today with Margot Slattery, who is the country president of Ireland for Sodexo. Margot and I met a couple of years ago through an outstanding event and happened to be on the same outstanding FT Out Leaders mm-hmm. list, which is a pleasure and an honour. Absolutely. She's definitely one of my favourite people on that list who I've met with. I think the Australians and the Irish always get along very well. Uh, so it's a delight to have you on the show today. Thank you. Delighted to be here. We're sitting here at the head offices of Sodexo in the UK, actually, in Holborn. But Margot, Margot, firstly, I wanted for you to share a little bit of your story. I mean, I know that you started your career journey as a chef and you're now a country president of really what is the 19th largest company in the world. I think the largest facilities management company in the world. Quite a journey. I'd love to hear a little bit more about how that happened. Okay, yeah, happy to tell you. I'll try to give you the shortened version rather than the long version. So uh, I joined Sodexo in 1991. It was actually a company called Gardner Merchant at the time, and I joined in Ireland, and they were looking for junior, 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 and about 10 juniors down, assistant managers. And the reason I I sort of start there is that was the beginning of the Sodexo part. Prior to that, I had been working as a chef. And so the reason I became a chef was that my mum had had a background in hotel management and I came from a household where food was a really big thing and all our family were big foodies and I grew up on a farm. We grew food, made food and loved eating food. And when I was leaving school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I went to a place called Ballyvaloo, which is a very famous cookery school in Cork in Ireland. And uh, I went and did a short course there and I thought, oh, I really love this is fantastic and I thought I want to be a chef and my mother thought I was crazy because she told me stay away from it it's really hard work but anyway I couldn't be stopped I laterally went to catering college and I did my two years that you do in college and then you go out into industry and that was in the sort of late 80s and right through till about 1988 or thereabouts and then I left college and I went to work here in London and I did a, a year or two here in London then went to Germany and a little bit around Europe working in various hotels and I came back to Ireland in around 1990 not really with any intention of actually staying in Ireland very long and probably this plugs into the LGBT story as well because I was trying to find my way to come out and that closet was keeping me very closed and I came back to Ireland to kind of have a bit of let's go back see what it's like um, it's a place I never felt comfortable to be out and maybe I'll find this happening I'd actually intentions of going to Australia but I never quite got there yet and when I came back to Ireland I got a job working as a chef with a company called Eurest who are a compass now and a competitor and I suddenly kind of got an apartment, met a few friends, and I thought, this is okay, I'll stay a while, we'll see what it's like after a couple of months. And then I decided to go back to college and do hotel management at nights. And around the same time, I saw this job with 
what was Gardner Merchant and then Sodexo. So I've kind of given you the roundabout story. Wow. And the reason that I made that change was I loved food and still do, and it's a really big passion, and I love the industry, but I probably recognised that actually physically cooking and being in a kitchen for a woman at that time was an incredibly hard job, and at the time it wasn't really recognised the way it is today. Mm. You know, being a chef was probably not that glamorous back in the 90s. Not, not quite as high profile No, 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 no. So there were no Claire Smiths in those days. <laughs> now, speaking of high profile, yes, I think you were probably one of the most high profile lesbians in Ireland uh, within the corporate world. Can you share a little bit about kind of that journey to coming out in the corporate world and actually how important it is to be out? Yeah, sure. Well, I think the the sort of uh, the moment for me where that actually happened, and thank you for the, for the compliment, and I hope there's lots more to come after me, um, was really came to a fore. I'd been out for a long, long time, but probably very quietly out in my own world. And, you know, lots of my colleagues and some business people knew, but it wasn't really a, a known fact until it came up to probably about 2013-2014. We're in the process of moving towards our marriage referendum and I was approached by a number of NGOs in the LGBT scene who said we need you know a corporate to come out, we need a businesswoman, will you do it? And I really hesitated in the beginning because it was such an insular world and everybody in Ireland, you know, we're, we're only under five million people. Everybody knows each other. And I was kind of a little nervous that it might influence my career. And, you know, maybe perhaps that I'm branded with that first. And that's actually happened anyhow. It has. But uh, I've kind of got over that. But, you know, I guess like a lot of people, there was that, you know, moment of truth with oneself where I said, well, if I don't do this, we're never going to change the, the, you know, the story. We're not going to move the dial. And so I did. So not only did I do it lightly, but uh, it came out pretty big because there was a big advertisement in our national newspapers about companies and leaders who were supporting marriage equality. And it was like Margot Slattery from Sedex. So and it, I think it probably said lesbian. So I was done for after that. But actually, I think it's incredibly important because it did move the dial because what happened was then that others came out or others started talking. So people like, and he's in the outstanding list, people like Martin Shannon, who leads the IDA in Ireland and, and lots more, you know, were actually ready then to step into that limelight and to be able to be honest and be out about themselves. And what it also meant was other companies who had maybe leaders who were gay or who were allies were also willing to stand up and support our marriage equality bid. So so, you know, where we started off with one or two companies and one leader, we suddenly had a room by, you know, what, a year's time of 40 or 50 companies who were willing to be behind this. And that made a big difference. Well, I think it's fantastic. Thanks. You know, and going back to your original question, I now even see it as more important because I think as a leader in my company, that was also a change-making thing. You know, I knew very few people who were publicly out in Sodexo in Ireland or the UK. And of course, I knew there was lots who were behind the scenes, but now we've got lots of out people and people, you know, we have a big Sodexo banner and people marching in Pride in London and Pride in Dublin. And so that's fantastic as well. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Well, we've all made it happen. If I came to work for you tomorrow, yeah. What would be the first thing I'd notice about the way you do things with your team? I think it would probably be that I'm quite informal. 
I really resist the world that's very corporate and very, uh, you know, very bureaucratic. I try to work with people on a very first name terms. You know, people just get to know me as Margot and I try to be quite relaxed with people and find a way to work with people around, I suppose, you know, have a strong sense of emotional intelligence and, and get the best from people in building a relationship. I'm a very relational type person and I, I try to spend a lot of time just getting to know people and work with them that way. Now, I can be as hard as anybody when it's not going well or, you know, like I said to somebody last night, you know, when the team are in trouble, I'm, I'm in front and hopefully when it's going well, I'm standing beside them or behind them. So I'm not shy about that. When things get tough, who do you pick up the phone to? I'm a pretty resilient person, so I'm well able to internalise it. But, you know, if there's something, I probably talk to my partner, Sarah, or my wife, as I'm now trying to find my way around that world. <laughs> but also, I do have a couple of friends who are in the industry that I trust. And, you know, I'll quite often, I suppose, talk to them if there's something that's work-wise. And if it's personal, it's probably me and Sarah now. What role has either mentoring or being a mentee played in your your career so far? I think um, both have been pretty amazing. Um, I would say one of the big change maker things for me was being mentored. Uh, So again, very long story short on the story, we have an amazing uh, VP called Rohini and Anne for diversity and inclusion in Sodexo around the world and she started a mentoring program about 10 years ago and I was one of the first people to be with a couple of colleagues to be mentored by our global comics so the French college comics our leadership team and that was a real change making uh, event because I got to be known people got to understand it helped with my coming out all of those things were fantastic and also changed my my confidence in myself I saw myself as somebody who could do this next job etc and I've tried very hard to give something back so at the moment I mentor seven women who are entrepreneurs every year and I think called going for growth in Ireland I'm involved with an organization called WXN I'm mentoring people through that I mentor people in here in our company and I've quite a few people that are starting off businesses are doing various things and I try to help them and a little bit of social entrepreneurs as well so and you know it's sometimes it's just having a conversation having a drink but try to support people always remembering that people help me Fantastic. And having a drink is often quite Oh, important. yeah. Well, I'm Irish. <laughs> I'm, I'm going back to type now, but uh, yeah, and I quite enjoy a little gin and tonic. Yes, so do I. When I first met Margot, she was sharing with me how she makes her own infused gin and tonics, and they had to be served in a particular way. Yes. Well, I mean, what is your top serve at the moment, your signature pour for gin and tonic? Well, I use um, a gin called Drum Shambo Gin. It's from Ireland. It's a gunpowder gin. It's pretty fantastic, and I break up some, uh, I suppose, some juniper berries and a little bit of uh, star anise into my gin. Really cold ice, the gin over the cold ice, and then fever tree light tonic and a little bit of Angostura bitters. Thank you. Happy days. Heard it here first. That is the Margot Slattery signature pour. Yeah, and at least two of them on a Friday evening. (laughs) (laughs) So on a slightly uh, more serious note... Yes. Who is it that's been that's championed you along the way? Well, there have been lots. I've been incredibly lucky to have lots of supporters. I think right now, if I start from now, it's probably Sarah, my wife, 
She's amazing. Uh, there was a little piece in the Irish papers yesterday about her results, and I saw her sending it around to people. I'm I'm deeply embarrassed, but any but she's fantastic, and she's always always trying to encourage me and support me, and she's the much cleverer one. She's the she's a college professor, and uh, I'm just the the dirty capitalist as she calls me. <laughs> With, with ethics. With ethics, of course. Uh, prior to that, I would say a real big uh, force for nature in my, in my life has been Rohini and Anne that I spoke about in Sedex. So, so from the very beginning, around championing me and mentoring me and getting me that kind of support, she's been fantastic. And right through to the current day, she's always trying to connect me and help me, I suppose, understand what's out there and you know challenge me a little bit. So she's been great. And then we've had some fantastic leaders here in Sedex. So Michelle Landell, who's our former CEO, Denis uh, Matuel, who's our current CEO, they've been great. And then just taking it right to the very beginning, a fantastic mom and dad who always believed that we could be, uh, you know, my same with my brother and sister, they've always been fantastic about believing that we're great and they give us good confidence. So my dad used to say, for instance, and I'm from the country in a farm, I may have said that in the beginning, but, uh, you know, my dad and mum, when they come up to Dublin, uh, they used to, my father, I heard him telling a neighbour one night that, you know, I had the command of the city in my hand when I was driving around because I could kind of drive all over the city. So, you know, when you get that kind of belief, <laughs> it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> That's wonderful. And, and are you a good driver? I'm, I'm, Sarah might say I'm not. She's more careful. I'm probably a bit of a speeder. You're more like a race yeah, driver. I'm more of a race driver. So suited to European driving. Yeah. I, I love the Italians and the French drive. Tell you what, you feel alive. Yeah, exactly. I like fast cars. Okay, good. I like fast cars as well. We talk a lot on this show about gender equality as well. You're obviously not only a lesbian, a woman. Talk to me a little bit about the importance of women in senior levels and also at board level. I know that Sodexo is is pushing hard for that. But can you share a little bit about what's working well here at Sodexo and also maybe a few ideas that other other corporates could actually take away and apply? Sure. Well, I mean, I think the thing that's particularly working well at Sodexo is we've actually achieved where we, you know, we've achieved it at the top level. So we have a 50-50 board, our chair, Sophie Billon, has 50-50 on her board. So, you know, already at that level, we're there. That's not to say that we won't always balance, and, and the perfect balance in Sodexo is that 40-60, we sort of say. So it depends on the regions and where you are. And across the world in 2014 and 2017, we did a survey of 50 different parts of the business or entities. And we actually looked at the results of those businesses uh, where they had that 40-60 balance, so 40-60 men, women. And we saw that our employee engagement, our financial results, our diversity and inclusion scores, and our business retention and our winning and growth and revenue were all far better in all of those regions. So that's been a winning strategy. How has that started? That started from a great leader called Michelle Landell, who, you know, 12, 13 years ago, really made diversity and inclusion and gender as probably one of the first big work streams, a key imperative for us. So it's actually written into our strategy. It's up there in the top line. So as well as that, it is underpinned by things like having quotas or, you know, clear numbers that people have got to achieve. So our top leaders have got bonus incentives around this. So, you know, they've got to make sure it's happening and they've got to support it. And it can't be just sort of light touch. You've actually got to move the numbers in your region around promotions. So I think, you know, it's been carrot in that way and then hopefully we've not had too much stick we've had to hopefully hope that we've brought people's hearts and minds along 
and then obviously the proof sources in those numbers and when people see that I think that really helps with the argument but committed leaders from the very beginning and actually Pierre Bellon who started our company in 1966 and who Sophie who is the chair today who's his daughter was a real believer in personal progress and he believed in the progress of human beings and it's written into quality of life for instance is our watchword from the very beginning so that has, I think, been underpinning all about humans progressing in Sodexo. And it's that kind of organisation you can start, like I did as a chef, and work your way through, and it's all about how good you want to be. So the progress of people. Yeah, so the gender part is almost irrelevant, but hopefully the organisation is doing a lot to encourage the balance. Right, but everything you've done to get towards gender parity, you've seen higher profits... Employee engagement and retention, every one of those are a number of basis points up. Fantastic. Well, I mean, you're actually proving the McKinsey reports. You're sort of living and breathing it. I I, I love it. Probably a good question to ask now then is, what is your superpower? God, um... I know the things that I feel at this stage, I'm, I have to admit, 51 years of age, and I think my superpowers is that I'm, you know, one of them is certainly that I'm, I'm particularly resilient. So I'm a little bit like, you know, if you roll a tyre over me, I'll probably get back up again. <laughs> I'm a bit bouncy. <laughs> now, I don't think I'm rubber. I think there's a lot of strength there. And that probably came from my parents. We're just quite resilient people. And I try not to let anything get me down too much and recognise that, you know, work and everything else in life, everything has its place and its time and be able to sort of let it go at the end of the day if it's a work thing or if it's a personal thing and and try to find a a way of getting on top of it all and stay cheery and good-humoured and not let it get me down too much. So I think resilience is probably the best one for me fantastic I can't get that image of the tire out of my head rolling over you and you bouncing back but that's a fabulous image what advice would you give entrepreneurs wanting to sell into the corporate world I know you actually mentor quite a few Mm. and that is one of the biggest challenges in dealing with bureaucracy what advice do you find yourself giving these entrepreneurs that we can maybe share with our listeners So a couple of things. I think first one is that whatever the product or service that you're selling, you really have to have tested it with the market. I mean, some of the entrepreneurs, and I've had some amazing people who've really gone on to grow and really build a business, but I've also had some people who've had some stumbling blocks. And probably the first stumbling block was that they hadn't tested the business model with a, you know, so you've got to kind of go and do some pro bono work or whatever it is, so that when you go to talk to a corporate you can be assured that it's very real for them and and that you're not talking about something that's just a paper exercise. So that's one. I think as you're growing your business, you need to make sure you put in some very strong organizational structures, even if they're small. But one of the biggest challenges I've seen with some of the people is they, they just hire, they hire friends, family, they make some probably some poor decisions that really undermine their business as they go forward. And then they're struggling with not having people who are supporting them when if they'd been perhaps a bit more professionalized in the beginning about how they did that, I think it would have helped them. I'm not saying that, you know, you bring in and set up HR and all of that, but maybe take advice and make sure you set those things up well. And then making sure that they mitigate some of the risks in their business because there are some people who've put some terrible risks into their business. And probably another area is that, you know, the personal stress, because what I've seen is people take on a huge amount of personal stress and debt and worry and that, you know, they find and make sure that they're in a group or a community where people can help and share. 
And one of the things that's worked very well is when we're having six or seven people, we usually mentor. So I do this as a thing called Going for Growth. It's with Enterprise Ireland. We usually mentor in groups of seven. And that shared community space is fantastic. And to this day, for even the last three or four years of the groups that I've, I've mentored and supported, they then have WhatsApp groups and things, and they're really supporting each other. And normally, as you know, Ailey, is that when you bring a problem into a room, there's usually somebody who's had it before, and nearly everybody, even if they're totally different businesses, nearly everybody can help somebody else. So I think it's that problem shared, try to get it out there, be in a community and, uh, and you know, be open. Interestingly enough, this past year, when we started with our, our seven ladies, and it tends to be female-led, you know, one lady had a really difficult issue and had been, you know, challenging for her very much personally, and she was very upset and she came in the room. And I looked at her now six months down the line, and she's a totally different person. And because she opened up that first day with that group, and she was in a very difficult situation. We all helped her and kind of lifted her up, and she's changed that problem, and that's I think great. that's fantastic. So that community spirit, I think, really helps people. I think that's fantastic advice. I mean, we always talk about shipping it, you know, ship your product as soon as you can, get it out there. Yeah. Hugely important. And some really great, clear advice there for every other entrepreneur who's listening to this right now. So lastly, Margot, what does what does success mean for you? When we have a, a gin and tonic in five years' time and we're reflecting on the last five years, what, what's, what's happened? How you define success? What does it mean? I, I think often about the fact that in my current role, we employ in my region about nearly 4,000 people. So success for me is making sure that those 4,000 people, and probably most of them have a family mix of about three, four people, whatever way that is. So you probably have anything up to 15,000 people whose lives have somewhat a dependency on you. So success for me is building a strong, stable business that is, you know, long-term, that people see growth, they see personal prosperity, they see purpose, they can see a career trajectory. And if I've been part of, you know, making that happen, if I can make sure that I can sort of say to somebody, don't worry, it'll be okay. You know, if you take out that mortgage or you're going to do a new thing, that'll be amazing. And if I've supported and helped that, and I can probably look back in a while and look at some of the people that started out with me and look at how they've done, and if they've all done okay, I'll be happy. Could I ask one more question? Sure. Because this is a bit of a uh, curveball question. What's what's something that nobody knows about you? I mean, you've done a lot of interviews, and I often ask this to, to people who've been out quite publicly in the media. It can okay. be anything, can be personal or business, but just what's what's the odd, interesting fact about Margot Slattery that nobody knows publicly? <laughs> I think um, the one that'll probably shock you is I would say that I'm probably quite an introvert. <laughs> No. I'm, I think I'm an introvert masking as an extrovert. <laughs> it's probably not true. But I find as I'm, as I'm growing a little older that, you know, life pulls a lot from you during the day. So when I go home, I'm actually quite quiet and I like quiet space and I've become a secret Radio 4 listener. <laughs> I hate to admit it. I know I'm growing old, but uh, I love I love the archers and listening to the radio and being in my own space. That's fantastic. Well, Margot, it has been so wonderful to connect with you today, as it always is. Thank you, Hayley. Uh, I personally have loved hearing your advice for entrepreneurs, your special uh, gin recipe, which I'm sure everyone will go out and make now, hearing about your resilience and your love of fast cars. 
there's just so much good content here. I can't wait to share it. <laughs> You're very good, Haley. Thank you so much and much appreciated. Cheers. You've been listening to the Work and With podcast series. You can find us on iTunes, 